Welcome back to the Dad Chronicle. I'm your host, I'm Alex Albisu. This is episode 31. As always, you can go back and listen to other stories of fatherhood by visiting thedadchronicle.com. Um, and also be sure to check out um, the Facebook page where I tend to post some updates and um, have some videos um, on some funny dad or parenting related things and some useful things too. You can just search for The Dad Chronicle on Facebook. And today I don't have a guest. I am actually going to be giving you guys um, some updates on things that are going on here in the Albizu clan, um, as well as how Deanna and I have been dealing with Arya's uh, newfound ability to walk and talk, sort of. All right, so you probably heard me mention on previous episodes about how Arya is starting to walk in. I, I mean, guys, it's like freaking fast. Like she's taken off. Um, they don't really lie about how one day they just kind of plop themselves up and then they just take off because that is exactly what happened. You know, I think I've mentioned before that it all kind of started when she uh, finally was able to kind of push herself up and start taking some first, you know, the the first crawl, if you will. And then she started to find balance and started taking a couple steps. And then all of a sudden it was like, boom, she's off. She's taken off and she's going for electrical sockets. She's going for, uh, you know, ledges. She's crawling upstairs. And that has obviously created a tremendous amount of stress and anxiety in this whole situation of having a kid. So I wanted to share with you guys some things that Deanna and I did um, preemptively to help manage some of this stress and anxiety. And, and I truly believe that if we didn't take some precautionary measures um, to prep for this moment, um, it would be a completely different situation in the household. Um, and, you know, for for parents who are listening to this, whose kids are about to be or sort of starting to walk right now, this is going to be especially helpful um, if you haven't taken these steps already. If you are a parent with a child who's already walking and you're thinking, what am I going to do? Um, taking some of these steps um, will certainly help ease your anxiety. So first and foremost, and some of these are going to be very common sense, but I think the key is preemptively doing some of these things to prep your house is just essential. So one of the things that I did was I went on Amazon and I bought like two packs of those electrical baby, uh, not, not electrical baby, but like those, those baby proofing things that you stick in the electrical sockets. And I went around the entire house and plugged one of those in each and every single outlet, even in spaces that you don't think they're going to get to. And I stress that point. Um, and, you know, you, you may think, yeah, duh, but, you know, like you, you obviously need those things in your electrical outlets. But, you know, sometimes people don't think about putting them in places where you don't think the baby's going to end up. Guys, my kid has ended up under couches, has like reached her way behind chairs uh, to a point where like, and she sees that electrical socket and she's like, oh, let me touch that. Just do yourself the favor. Knowing that it's there helps a lot. And they're really not hard to take in and out, buy them. They're super cheap, totally worth it to keep your kid from getting electrocuted. Also baby gates. So we were kind of uh, lucky to have some baby gates when we got the dogs. So, you know, we kept the dogs kind of contained as they were getting used to uh, living with us. And that need for those gates has obviously, um, has obviously grown to a need to use them with Aria. Now, the thing that I'm going to 
mention is that, you know, really where I'm trying to add value for you folks listening is that this is especially evident for, you know, if you have kids who are starting to walk, do this like now, like, like go buy them like right now, order them on Amazon, whatever you got to do, but get them set up or, or, or have an idea of where you want to keep them set up. And so that you're not trying to like figure it out on the fly. If you know that you want to keep them kind of contained to the, to the family room or contained in like some kind of play area, doing that ahead of time, you know, keeps you from pulling your hair out as you're trying to chase your kid and set everything up all at once. Um, that's something that we kind of figured out. We actually got these big, long baby gates that are, uh, not the ones that you can kind of like brace up against the wall. They just kind of fold out from themselves and it's gotta be like, like they can go up to like eight to 10 feet, you know, long. Um, that has been really great to keep Aria in the family room, you know, and we're playing with toys or watching a movie or something. It's a really great way to just kind of keep everything contained. And I'll mention that if you're paranoid enough, I know that this was, uh, something big when, uh, I was growing up and my cousins were growing up, you know, those plastic things that you can get, uh, and you could put them on like the, the corners of furniture. They're, they're just kind of like plastic or rubber or foam. Um, people talk about baby proofing their house. This is typically what they mean. Um, you can certainly get some of these things, uh, and, I recommend them if you really, really absolutely need them. If you don't really want them out there because they're kind of an eyesore, um, what's worked really well is that, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but we have a plethora of blankets and stuff. So we tend to just kind of place the blankets in an area, you know, kind of like around our fireplace. Um, that way it's easy for us to just kind of pick up and put away if the baby's asleep or we're having company over and it doesn't look like you're living in a plastic bubble. So we've kind of figured out some of those things that we do. Some of them may be common sense, um, but I I wanted to mention some of the little tidbits as you're considering these things, because they were things that I didn't really, some of them I didn't really think about right up front. Deanna and I talked about them. She had some ideas. I had some ideas. And this has been working out really well, and it's reduced the amount of stress greatly. Um, So not only is Aria up walking, sprinting even, you know, throughout the house as a just over one year old, she's now talking. And and when I say talking, I mean, like, it's a lot of like, like, bop, 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 blah, 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 blah. Like, like her, one of her favorite words to say is bop, 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 bop. And she likes to go row, 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 row too. I don't, I, I don't know what all that means. Um, but you know, just like you could imagine, she's trying to figure out how to communicate with us. All that probably means something to her. So something that's helped us a lot in how we communicate with her is that we started teaching her a little bit of sign language. And this has been a kind of a growing trend amongst parents. And if you haven't kind of explored this science, I recommend you just kind of Google these articles. I mean, I started learning a little bit about this from some friends. And we started with just saying uh, milk, which is literally just, it looks like you're milking a cow like that's the hand gesture but as we started to um try this we we really purposefully implemented it ourselves and how we communicate to her so we'll say you know do you want milk and we'll make that gesture which looks like you're kind of grabbing the the 
the cow's teat and you're uh, squeezing. And I would, you know, say milk, milk. And, and slowly she got the hang of it. And now that's what she does. And it, you know, Deanna says it really well because I'm the first to get frustrated with, uh, you know, if Arya is super frustrated and like, I just don't know what's wrong. Um, I tend to get a little impatient and that's something that I recognize in Deanna uh, kind of helps me recenter that and says, you know, this is the only way that she knows how to communicate, you know, is, is by whining like that. That's really the only thing that she knows. So helping your child to learn how to communicate will improve your and your baby's quality of life. So some of the things that we're working on as well is uh, we're working on more, which is just kind of putting your fingertips together. We're also working on like, you know, hungry, like you're like, you want to eat. Um, thank you. Like things like that. So, um, definitely go out and Google that it will make your quality of life a lot better as your child is trying to communicate with you and talk to you. And instead of them just babbling, which I think is healthy because they're, you know, exercising the vote, their vocal cords, it may not be great in church and stuff, which has definitely happened to us. But I think it's, it's a positive thing because they're, they're getting used to how to communicate, but making it meaningful, I think is the key here. And we have an opportunity to do something like that with sign language. And the last little bit I'm going to share with you guys is that this is more an opportunity for me to gush about my kid. I hope you guys don't mind. I mean, I'm going to be a dad for a second. Okay. So, um, big congrats to, uh, Deanna's cousin, Jenna and her new husband, Mike, we just got back from a weekend up in Ohio celebrating their wedding and their marriage and their love for each other. It was a lot of fun. Great time seeing a lot of family and stuff that we don't typically get to see regularly. And, uh, Aria, we were blessed enough to have Aria as part of the wedding by, um, being their flower girl. And they actually asked if we wouldn't mind if Aria would do this uh, before Aria was even born, they were like, "Do you think Aria's going to be walking by then?" And we were like, "I don't know. I mean, it's up to you. Like, she she's going to be one, so it's kind of a hit or miss." So they ended up like making a a wagon for her just in case. But you know, with this whole theme of walking and talking, she put that to great use here over the weekend when she had to walk down the aisle. So you could imagine sort of the tremendous amount of stress that I was experiencing, like waiting for my daughter to walk down the aisle right smack dab in the middle of her nap time. Like, like she was supposed to be taking a nap then and she had been screaming and just complaining, you know, uh, Oh my God. Like the, the the minutes leading up to that were so tumultuous. We were just like, Oh my God, this is going to be really hit or miss. She's either going to melt down in the middle of the, you know, walk down the aisle or she's, going to be great. And she was great. So first of all, you know, they're kind of funneling people in like they do during weddings where you've got the, you got the, the groomsmen and the bridesmaids kind of walking down the parents, everything. But Aria is like chomping at the bit. I'm watching her like up where the, the folks are starting to kind of line up. And she's like, you hear her going, bah, 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 just trying to get down the aisle because she knows that's where I was her grandparents, everybody else was. So these people are kind of like trying to get past the baby and Deanna's trying to hold her back. And then it was her time to get up. And the way we planned it was that, you know, she loves her grandma. She loves all her grandparents, but her grandma was there holding a cell phone. And that is one of Arya's 
favorite things to do. I think if you go to the Facebook page, um, there's a video of Aria doing um, a, a selfie with my dad's phone when they were watching her. She filmed a whole video. Um, and there was this look on her face as she kind of starts going down and she sees grandma and she just starts, Oh my God. And you know, she, she starts really like walking full speed towards grandma, you know, at the front of the church. And she did great. I couldn't think of how it could have gone even better. And there was a tremendous sigh of relief from everyone because there was no meltdown. Um, the ring bearer did great too. He was, uh, he was about two, uh, it was just a beautiful wedding. I felt so honored to have, you know, Aria be part of that. Um, I even sang the Ave Maria during that. That was really great. So thanks again to Jenna and Mike for letting us be a part of your very special day. Uh, we do appreciate it. So that's it for this week's show. I hope some of the tips and tricks around um, how to better handle a mobile child and uh, deal with all the communication constraints of, of dealing with a one-year-old or um, a young child. I hope some of that was, was handy. Um, and thanks for letting me kind of talk a little bit about my daughter. I think that's always fun. I hope you do too. But if you'd like to communicate, feel free to email the dad chronicle podcast at gmail.com. And again, the website is the Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, leave us a five-star rating or any of your other favorite pod catchers. And we will see you next time. Take care. If you like this show, check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com.